Well, welcome to our online campfire, which sounds kind of weird, but we have an actual digital campfire here, so it's pretty appropriate. Um, it's pretty obvious what the question that we are going to talk through today um, as we are online here. There's been a lot of just challenging moments that we face over the last few days, right? Uh, it started off with some precautions, you know, hey, make sure you wash your hands uh, and what have you. But then it started to escalate really quickly. Uh, we started to see events uh, cancel when it comes to the rodeo, music festivals. And then it got really intense when uh, organizations, sporting organizations like the NBA or um, NHL, MLB, either suspending their, uh, their, their season or pushing it back, what have you. And then it got really crazy when we started to hear colleges uh, extend their spring break and are looking at forms of online classes, possibly for the remainder of the semester. And our public schools have uh, decided to also extend spring break. And more recently, we had, we had our, our city and our, and our nation just kind of declare a public health emergency. And so it's pretty obvious what we should be talking through. And, and you hear, hear these things going on, and we, we see the stores being packed out with, with, with people, Costco, and uh, just everyone fighting for toilet paper, what have you. Um, but even more so, uh, a lot of people are probably wrestling, how does this impact me? Not just with, with the coronavirus, but also just financially, and, and how did that, that work with our, with our stock market, what have you. And so the question today, pretty, pretty obvious, how do we respond in challenging times? Like what are we to do? And so Matt Robertson, um, I'd love to start you off with this question first. You are executive, uh, uh, executive of ministry, or sorry, <laughs> executive, you don't want to take my job. Yeah, executive of missions. But um, I know you've been, been watching and, and, and talking through this. Can you um, just share, how are we supposed to respond uh, in this challenging time? You know, it's interesting you mentioned, you know, people clearing off the shelves. It does seem like we've got two ends of the spectrum represented here. We got, on one hand, you got people who are not taking it seriously enough and think that everybody else is just falling to some major scheme or conspiracy. And on the other hand, you got people who are, are literally really gripped with fear and they really don't know how to move on. So I think it's important definitely for the church, for us to carry the light of Jesus Christ, for us to meet in the middle somewhere, to come to the center and really just come to have, just admit right from the outgo that Jesus is our strength. We can count on him. We can believe in him. We can, we can build our life around him. He is strong. And uh, there is wisdom in that. And we need to marry both wisdom with faith, faith with wisdom. Solomon, when he came to the, to the kingdom, one of the first things he cried out for was, God, give me, please give me wisdom. Wisdom was a big deal. The Bible says get wisdom at all costs. And so I think in times like these, we can, we can be assured that faith informs wisdom and wisdom informs our faith. We can trust in the Lord, Grizz. Oh, that's awesome. John, what are your thoughts uh, on all this, you know, as, as our lead pastor? Uh, what are your thoughts when it comes to just what's going on right now? How should we respond? Let's elevate God's word. What did Jesus say? How did Jesus respond? Mark 4 is a wonderful example for us. Here's a major storm happening, and Jesus is in the boat with his disciples, and they're freaking out. The water's coming in. They're thinking they're going to die, and where was Jesus? 
he was taking a big fat nap, <laughs> like on his pillow. He was not worrying. He was not freaking out. And he was like, disciples, why are you so afraid? Why are you freaking out? And then he said, peace, be still. And it just calmed all the waters, all the storm. And I think today we are in a bit of another storm. And the same words of Jesus, he's not afraid. He's not worrying. He's in control. And he's saying, peace, not that the world can give, but peace I give you, so don't be afraid. Don't let your hearts be troubled. I'm with you. And we need to remember that Jesus is with us. We don't, he's not freaking out. We don't need to freak out. Let's trust the Lord. We're going to get through this, but we got to remember Jesus, and we've got to remember what he says. So what's another thing that's important that Jesus said that we need to remember? Well, I, I love just the storm uh, analogy because I was in Israel just a few months ago in a storm on the Sea of Galilee, and I just was fired up. People, you know, people on the boat with me was like, what is wrong with you? There's a storm. And just the thought that uh, even in scripture, man, Jesus was in the boat with the disciples through the storm. Um, and so it reassures me that when we face storms, man, Jesus is in the boat with us. And so um, I love that. Now, even, even further, Jesus was talking on a sermon on the mount, and he says this. Uh, in Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 32, you know, people are, are, are kind of worrisome. They're worried about what's going on. It says, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, just that image. The pagans are running after all these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. And in verse 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. And so the, I, I, these are the words of Jesus saying, hey, man, focus on my kingdom, not on, on the waves crashing around you. I thought interesting enough, in that boat, it wasn't the waves pounding on, on the boat. It wasn't the storm that woke Jesus up. It was the panic and it was the, uh, just the fear that the disciples had. And, and so that's kind of the faith answer, though. You know, we're, we're saying as Christ followers, definitely have faith. But as Matt alluded to, there's, there's wisdom in this. And so I'd love to know, Matt, um, where, where should we land? Where um, should we land on, on the wisdom? Uh, what's the wise things that we need to be doing? Okay. Well, I would recommend, let's start off just by listening to those that are in authority over us. They carry a huge amount of weight and a burden for the community. Uh, they do, and they have to make wise decisions for everybody as everybody's impacted. And so, I mean, Scripture says even in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 7 that we should, we should obey godly counsel, that we should listen to them, those that are in authority. I know Mayor, Nur Mayor Nuremberg, I don't want to butcher his name, but uh, he addressed everybody this past Friday morning and said, uh, look, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're prepared to do. At that time, they had just one confirmed uh, case in our city, and that was travel-related. And they have another case just recently that they've discovered that's also travel-related. And I know they'll be posting all of that information for us as well. But I think for us, from a wisdom standpoint, the full counsel of God, the Word of God says, surround yourself with godly wisdom. Yeah. Godly counsel, godly leaders, and we're believing that the Lord is leading us through our leaders as well. So let's not get crazy. Let's listen to them, and let's use wisdom in that matter, but let's also pray for them. 2 Timothy 2 and verse 2 really references the idea that we need to pray for those that are in authority over us. 
It's good. Um, speaking of wisdom, we have someone here as if <laughs> one of our friends, super important to Mike. How long have you been coming to Gateway Fellowship? You might want to talk in the mic, man. We're all years, we're all online here. <laughs> Eight years. Eight years. Yes. Uh, man, you have been such a great friend, um, having even your boys in, in Velocity Student Ministries and um, just leaning on, on – I mean, your family has just been incredible as to our church. Um, very important. You are actually a cardiologist in our city uh, a really good one. I'll, I'll brag on you because you helped uh, my family out when my dad was going through some of his trials. Um, can you just clarify for us what do we need to know um, accord- with, with what's going on with coronavirus? Um, how should we respond? We'd love to hear your, your medical professional input. In, in Joshua 4, um, the story of how the Israelites are guided across the Jordan River and the waters parted and after they crossed that river um, the Lord asked Joshua to go back and retrieve 12 stones and to take with them uh, to set them on the other side so that in the future when their children asked what do these stones mean to you that they could recount the story of how the Lord parted the waters and could give them wisdom to me that means that the Lord expects us to learn from what's happened before and I think if you look at previous pandemics um, and you look at the stones metaphorically that have been put before us, they all point to the things that you've heard in the news, but those things include frequent hand washing. Um, It includes social distancing, um, avoiding large crowds, and, you know, specifically also, you know, the ability for each individual person to take responsibility for themselves. And so what that means is, is that in order to help others, you can make sure that you're well. And that means that you should avoid, you know, situations in which you may experience some type of trauma, because if you have a fractured arm or something like that, and you have to go to the hospital, then you could potentially be taking resources away from someone else who might need care. Um, also, the other thing, practical things you could do is make sure that you have enough medication um, so that you don't have to get out and go about to the store and so forth um, unless you're needed. Um, you can also help your neighbors and, and so forth with those types of things. I think it's important that just like the stones are on the other side of the river, that how you respond as a parent or someone that others would look up to um, you know, will dictate their responses in the future. So you're modeling a behavior um, that is likely to be replicated at some point in the future. Uh, I think that's just important for us all to remember. And you have five boys. And so I'd I, I love to ask this question. It's not medical related, but how are, how are you helping lead your, your family um, through this, this, this time? Yeah, so what we try to do is, and what I've tried to do is, is to talk and explain about what's going on, you know, with the coronavirus itself. So some of them are, you know, have science classes and so forth that are going over the very kinds of things that are in the media right now. So it's a good time to try to, to, try to emphasize those things and to spend time as a family. Um, so it's, it's, it's a time whenever, you know, you're not going to be gathering with other people. You know, we went out and played some sports yesterday all together as a family. That's something that, you know, sometimes you don't get the opportunity to do with everybody's busy lives. 
I'm sure it's beneficial to have a dad that's a doctor, right? Just, dad, should we, you know, freak out or not? And you're like, we're fine. You know, that's so awesome. Um, I'd love to, for you to answer this question because I'm, I'm, I'm very curious, and I, I bet you there's some that are. Because um, as we talk through not just challenging times of coronavirus, uh, there's a lot of times fears and stress and anxiety of other things, not just in this season. Um, many people have fears of the unknown, stress through just life beyond, uh, before and beyond coronavirus. Is there anything uh, just medically related to um, just our physical health and, and our thought life and how we worry? I'd love to maybe get your input and in, in what you think through that. You know, certainly emotional stress uh, decreases your body's uh, ability to guard against infections and fight off infections uh, once they happen. Um, you know, ways that you can help yourself, though, uh, is to try to decrease those, that stress is by helping others. And I think that's one of the most important things you could do as a Christian is to help others. Um, that's what we're called to do, and that's therapeutic for you as well. Uh, to be able to engage other people, um, even if that's online, to help them. Because it's not just the coronavirus, um, you know, that people are worried about. You know, they're obviously worried about if they're going to, you know, be able to go to work the next week. They're worried about whether they're going to be able to get food either off the shelf or whether or not they're going to have enough money to be able to buy food. Um, you know, they're worried about their retirement and, and things like that. So it's not just help in terms of, um, you know, infectious standpoint but also in terms of what you can do for them personally and how you might be able to help them and that's one of the best things you could do man that's so good so good Catherine, um you also worked in the medical field but as a chaplain um and you know over the years or the course of years you've had to um go comfort and talk with patients family members who have dealt with fears um, and anxieties through, through many different scenarios. I love, um, especially just from, I mean, just how your sweet, kind heart, I love for you to share just either your experience or what we, how we need to be responding to those who, to have these fears and anxieties. Uh, here's a better question. For, there's, there's probably people online currently who have fears, who have anxiety through this, and uh, it, them watching, what would you tell them? Okay. As you know, Mike, it, we were in the H1N1 time crisis and at the hospital. And each morning when I would get up and get dressed, I wouldn't know what that day was going to hold. You know, just like we didn't know how this was going to hit. Uh, it was kind of pandemonium up there at first. And we got it, a handle on it and everything. But... It's real, all the fears and the anxiety and out of control feelings that you're having. I just want to validate that today in you. There is no shame coming from me because I've had it too. I've had anxiety attacks and, and I've gotten some coping skills, you know, for that. But I'm going to talk to you about my main, my main tool. <laughs> and, uh, but when I would go up to the hospital and all of the things were going on, the mask, we all had to wear masks and everything. I couldn't help but notice the difference, the, uh, 
between fear and peace. It just always stood out, the difference that I would feel in rooms and with people. And uh, I remember one day, there, it sounded like the room was full of bulls. I'm just telling you real, like, country talk, I guess. But I could feel the pounding, on, I, I, I could hear it, it, it was awful. And there were a lot of people in there. And even the nurses, John, said to me, are you really going in there, Catherine? You know, and I thought, wow, they're asking me. But I just felt a peace come over me, and all of that was going on. But when I opened the door, I said, okay, Lord, you just go before me. Let the peace comfort the fears and go before me, and then I'll just follow you right on in. <laughs> and uh, when I walked in, it was like everybody just calmed down. Not It wasn't me, but they just seemed to calm down and just, stopped beating on the walls and just stood around and then I was able to take care of them. I want to say one more thing about the hospital is um, I thought it would be all about staff and uh, I mean families and patients when I first started my career there. But it soon turned into a big concern for the staff like you Dr. Mack and all your colleagues and the nurses and everyone in the medical field, and I'd just like to encourage you to pray for them, pray for all of the caregivers. There's a whole list of them. One of my friends made it on Facebook, but uh, to just remember to pray for them. But I really want to get to the bottom line here, and you know a little bit. Um, when you were young, I went through something that uh, made me really have all these fears and panics and out of control and despair and hope, hopelessness because I had children at the time and I, I, I was really shook up. It was like a wake-up call and I was fearful and I, I didn't seem to be able to get a handle on it, but I'm so glad the Lord let me go through that back then because it gave me a foundation. It gave me a mainstay. It gave me an anchor for what was coming down the pike. And uh, I remember so well on the Saturday night before the Sunday service, I got down on my knees and I said, God, I, I can't make it on my mom's token, uh, her prayers. I can't make it on my dad being a pastor or Randy being my husband or being a pastor. I have to have my own relationship with you, single, me and you, you and I. And so I got down and I, I opened my Bible. And I know people say, flopping your Bible open is kind of, oh, come on now. But it actually, I said, I have to have something from you, God. And it actually did flop open to Isaiah 43. Yeah. And uh, that says, and even the kids have te teased me and said, Mom, we're going to put that on your tombstone one day. Or if you get a tattoo. That may have been Ricky or Shira, <laughs> not me. <laughs> anyway, and it says, fear not. For I have redeemed thee. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you paraphrase it a little bit, when you go through the fires, when you go through the floods, I will be with you. I love that. And fear not is said so many times. One, one uh, I think Rick Warren or somebody said uh, 365 times for every day of the year. I'm not sure about that, but it's in there a lot. And when the when the, it's in there that many times, you just want to take a listen and so I read that and I and I said okay Lord you're telling me fear not you're with me I'm getting those two things 
Okay, that was Saturday night. Sunday, our youth pastor's wife came up to me in a rush, and she said, I don't have time to talk to you, but here's something that I wrote down that is for you. I feel it so strong. I looked at the paper. Guess what it was? Isaiah 43, 1 through 4. I said, okay. And, and I took that in my purse. Okay, that's Sunday. Monday, I get a call from a dear friend, Mike Evans. He was with us when we had a wreck, and Randy almost died. Did die four times, but and he said, I don't know what you and Randy are going through, but I want to tell you to grab a hold of Isaiah 43 1 through 4 and camp on it. So I thought, I said, Okay, Mike, um, I don't, I'm not going to tell you all the things, but thank you for this verse. Tuesday, get a letter in the mail on the top of the letter in red letters was Isaiah 43 1 through 4. Wednesday, I went over to my mom's to visit her. I'm not going to go through the whole week. And uh, I took her Bible, and I went out into the woods. Like, I love to go out in the woods and nature, and, and it was her Bible. I'm, you know, I wasn't used to it. Flopped open, flopped open to Isaiah 43. I mean, you guys, it was like the Lord was saying, how hard-headed are you? I'm just going to make sure you get this. <laughs> and that night, went to her church. The worship leader was had her list of songs, and she said, I've got my list, but there's one song that I have to start out with. I don't know who this is for. Isaiah 43, 1 through 4. Fear not, for I became thee. <laughs> and just sung it out, the whole scripture. So that many times... Back then, when you were little, it was like, I'm going to grab a hold of this for dear life. No, what, no matter what I face, and I did face some things. I was in a wheelchair, wasn't supposed to walk, wasn't supposed to have children, lost my preacher brother, lost another preacher brother. I mean, all of us has been through things. I almost drowned in the tubing at New Braunfels. And Randy had the kids. The current was taking him and the kids on down the river. And I was being sucked on under the tube by the current. I said, Randy, take care of the kids. I, I was drowning, and I said, God, it's me and you. Remember, we talked about this. We talked about this, the scripture, Isaiah 43. You are with me, Lord. It's just you and I. And so I got on, I was able to get to some roots and pull myself up and got to the top, and there was a bunch of drunk men around a fire, and I thought, oh, great, this is great, but you're still with me, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> well, and so uh, any, anyway, uh, that scripture has, as you can tell, I'm very passionate about it, yeah. and I hope I didn't go too long, but if I could just say to you today, and I know there's a lot of seniors out there that are they're talking about uh, the home, the nursing homes and all that. If I could just say to you today to... Remember this, that you are not alone. And you may feel like things are out of control, no one cares, and you're lonely and feel isolated. I'm telling you today to believe me. God is with you. Fear not. God is with you. I could feel him up at the hospital, Mike. I, I could feel him right beside me. It was almost like another person, like Randy, was right there. It was, it was Jesus. And I know people may say, oh, you're all super spiritual about that. But 
He is with you right in your homes, you mothers that are concerned about your children, all of you, all of you. God is with you. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you for sharing that. I mean, man, that's, I mean, I'm leaning in. Well, that's, I'm grateful that the Lord has allowed you to persevere through some of those trials to speak that to us here today. Um, man, if you don't know Isaiah 43, you better go look it up right now. Uh, John, I know, you know, your mom is talking through just having, going through some rough times. I know you personally, last year was a rough year for you. Um, some know, some don't. Do you mind sharing a little bit for us? Yeah. Uh, thank you, Mom. Uh, you've been a great model for me and inspiration of where to go to during times of difficulty because we all have them. We all go through trials. And I think for the first 45 years of my life, I didn't really have big trials, didn't have, uh, just had a lot of faith and felt invincible in a lot of ways. But 2019 was the hardest year of my life. And I've never really shared this publicly, but uh, we were just finishing up our second building campaign. Um, we were excited about starting a Gateway School of Ministry, starting new churches. I was mentoring uh, new pastors. I was coaching small group leaders, uh, released a book. Wonderful things were happening, but then uh, my body started to kind of shut down. I was losing weight, lost about 25 pounds. For several months, couldn't figure out what the source was, thought it might have been because of stress, and then uh, realized it was my gallbladder and, and had that re removed and started a Daniel fast. <laughs> and it, it just my body continued to, to slide downward, and I, I couldn't go to sleep at night. I, about five months, I, I struggled with insomnia. I was going on about two or three hours of sleep at night. I had ongoing headaches. I uh, had tremors. Um, you know, I, I was really struggling as a result of all the stress. My dog died. You know, like my whole life had become a bad country song. And, and as a result of all that stress, there was some anxiety. And I, and I was like, I, I felt a lot of shame, to be honest, because I was like, I can't be, as a pastor, I shouldn't be struggling with this. As a follower of Christ, I shouldn't be struggling with this. But, but you know, pastors are people too. And, 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 I, and I asked God to help me. And I cried out to the Lord because I was like, I don't want to be weak where I, I can't go, you know, I should, maybe I shouldn't have counseling or I can't be open with our church family and just struggled with all of this. But the Lord I found to be good, you know, and, and, and I discovered that I needed the Lord. I needed some close friends to walk with me and I needed a professional. Like these were the three strands of the cord that became strength for me. And I put my trust in the Lord, and I cried out to God and, and during those long nights, and, and, I, and God was there. He never, he never left me, and, and, and he did a work in my life. I, I encountered him in a new way. I encountered his grace, uh, and the work that he did in my character in bringing about a brokenness, a humility, a, a deepening in my character that probably couldn't have had, happened any other way. I'm grateful. You know, I'm on the other side now. I, I discovered that the, the sun did shine again. And, and, but wow, the, the empathy that I have for others, you know, I, you know, I really didn't know about mental unhealth or anxiety or depression. And, and having gone through it myself has given me not only a greater understanding, but more compassion and love for those who are struggling. So I can get it. I, I say me too. And, but I know that the Lord is good and that we can put our trust in him. I don't want to say I'm grateful that you went through the trial so that you can help teach us and that we would learn. But no, seriously, I, I, 
what, what do we need to know? Um, and how did you get to the other side biblically? I mean, I mean, yeah, teach us, pastor us in, in these moments here. Yeah, there was two responses. If you're struggling with anxiety or, or fear, and a lot of, a lot of us are, um, I would say two things that we can go to the word of God. First, seek faith over fear. Seek faith over fear. Like we shouldn't panic. This is not the time to panic. And I, I think if you're being consumed with trying to know everything and you're on social media or you're on media and that's all you're thinking about, I think you're, the, the amount of time that you're spending on media will probably reciprocate how anxious you are. So I would say moderate that, lessen that, get away from that. But don't freak out. Don't panic. Mark chapter 13, Jesus is preparing us for troubling times, difficult times. He's saying when you hear threats of war, when you hear about famines, he says, don't panic. Don't panic. So surrender your fears to the Lord. Not acknowledge that your fears are real, real, but surrender them to the Lord. Give, make a list and say, God, I give these anxieties to you. I, I, I surrender my, my fears to you and, and trust him. And trust him. I, here's some real practical things that I learned. Uh, go outside for a walk. <laughs> Get into nature. You're going to see that the grass is green, that the sun shines, the world is moving around like live your life, but get outside. I mean, your kids aren't going anywhere. They're not going to school. So leverage that as an opportunity. I know, Mike, our families were at the river uh, Friday night having a great time. And, and there's something about being in nature, emotionally, mentally, but also physically, is very, very important. And we've got some wonderful state parks around us that we can go to and get outside. So please do that. I would say consistently abide with the Lord. Like in the morning, the first thing that you do before you eat, before you op turn on your phone, I would say open up the word of God. Say, God, I want to hear from you. I want to hear your word for me. And spend time in the presence of the Lord, praising him, worshiping him, but receiving God's word, abiding with him. Uh, I challenge you as a family this week or in your personal devotion, spend time in, in Psalm 91. Go through this slowly, and I promise you that the, the five minutes that you spend there will be more valuable than the five minutes that you could glean from social media. But spend time with the Lord because the Word is full of truth that will help you during this time. Philippians 4, it, he says, don't go, give over to anxiety, but through prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, make your requests known, and the peace of God that you can't understand will guard your heart and your mind. And then he goes on to say in verse 8, this is crucial when you're tempted to give over to worry or anxiety, you have to choose what you put your, your thoughts on. That's the battlefield. That's where your mind. And so choose to dwell on, on the Lord, on Scripture. He says, think about things that are true, things that are noble, things that are praiseworthy, things that will give you uh, joy and focus on those things and the peace will be there. You will have peace. And then finally, be grateful. I think it's really practical just to, to every evening or during a prayer walk, just begin to praise the Lord. Say, thank you for my blessings that I have. Thank you for the air that I can breathe. Thank you for my children, the relationships that I have in, in, in my small group, and our church family. Because gratitude has a way of extinguishing worry unlike anything else. So very important. That, but bottom line... Don't go crazy. Don't lose your mind over this. Like, don't give over to fear. Um, live your life and, 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 and trust the Lord. 
And, and definitely, like, this is, this is so important that we not only choose faith over fear, but the second thing is to seek mission over isolation. Jesus says in Mark 13, on that same passage, he says, this will be your opportunity to tell them about me. So when we watch a world and when we're tempted to isolate ourselves, to be alone, to become fearful, now's the time to trust the Lord and go, okay, we need to be the light of the world. We need to be, we need to show compassion and show love. And, and this is the theme for us this year. It's soul winning. It's how can we have greater joy when we go through trials? How can we have greater joy and rejoice when people are getting saved? And so as a church family, this is our time. We either need to obey and, and activate our faith during this opportunity, or we need to shut up, you know, about evangelism, because this is our opportunity to, to go forward. Well, that's an interesting point, perspective about soul winning. Um, obviously, we're going to, uh, this is the year of soul winning. And then we have the government saying, isolate. And so how, how can someone uh, have in their mind, how can we be the light of Jesus um, in times where, you know, there is uh, some recommendations of isolation um, do we go six feet away and say, let me tell you about Jesus? Um, what are some practicals for us? Yeah, perfect love drives out all fear. So let's focus on love. Loving the Lord and loving others. And love unselfishly chooses the highest good for others. So we need to ask Holy Spirit, give us some creative ways, some different ways on how we can love others. And I think we need to start with the vulnerable population within our own network and our church family, our small group, our city, our neighborhood. And, and who are hurting, who are sick right now. Uh, this is a time where if you're over 60 and you have underlining pre-existing conditions, those are the people we need to start with. And, and, and with the sick, and we need to engage them and check up on them and love them. And, and if you are watching online and, and you're in that category or if you are sick, we are a church family that wants them. And so I want to give you an email address that wherever you're at, whatever need that you have, we know a lot of our needs are being met pastorally through care in small groups. But if you're not in a small group or you're struggling or hurting, please communicate with us. You can email help at mygateway.tv. Our mission is helping friends become devoted followers to Jesus. We want to help you during this time. So we can start there. Help. How can our small groups, how can we help those who are in need? Second, we need to resist a bunker mentality that says, I, I need to just protect myself. Protect. We need to protect our family, but we don't need to be so isolated that we're we're, we lose the ability to obey God's command to help others. Mike, as a medical profession, just said that there's that, that that's good for us. I mean, that's for our physical body, but it's also honoring the Lord, like helping other people, not hoarding, but taking what we have, and when we find needs, meet them and share with others. Third, we need to reach out to our neighbors, people that we're living next to. This is a great opportunity to take walks, knock on doors. Hey, I just want to check on you. Are you doing okay? My next door neighbor yesterday, he's struggling with a respiratory issue, and, and I went to his house, and we just spent time on his driveway talking and listening, and, and he was concerned about getting medicine, and, and we began to talk about how we can help each other, and the conversation went to just our hope or on things that are eternal, not things that are temporary, and it was a great ministry moment, but we need to have these moments where we're intentional followers of Jesus. It's time for us to shine as the light of Christ. And, and finally, we need to be prepared to have spiritual conversations. Mm -hmm. At work, wherever we're at, people are afraid. People are talking about this. And so how can we leverage this 
to have God-type conversations, to have spiritual stories, when people look like they're afraid and when they confess they're afraid. Validate that, but say, hey, I would be tempted to do that as well, but I'm so thankful that I have faith in Christ that's helping me overcome some of these worries and fears that I have. And we need to really lean in and trust the Lord during this time, for sure. What What a great opportunity, again, for us to be the light of Jesus. Um, you know, I, I think what we what we should do definitely, um, this whole series around this campfire, all the topics that we talk about is, and how can we honor God? Like through 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 uh, the challenging times, how can you personally honor God through your abide time, through through uh, uh, helping and loving others? Obviously the. The two greatest commands that Jesus talked about, right? Love the Lord your God with everything, your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then love others as yourself. And so, interesting that you said that, that, you know, man, how would you, as we try to care and, 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 and protect whatever our, our own health needs, how can we do that for others? And so, man, I, I'd love to, I mean, I'd love to just spend time in prayer, yeah. John, if, that's okay. I'd love for us to maybe slow down where you're at um, and maybe allow the peace of God to, to come over you. Um, but maybe you are having fears and anxieties, not just through this situation, through, through many. Uh, we'd love to pray for you. Matter of fact, if, if you'd like, I, I have my phone here with me that if you want to just say, hey, will you lift uh, me up in prayer? And if you want to comment that right now, we'll do that. But um, let's pray. Let's do that. Let's pray for, for, for those who have fears, those who have anxieties. Um, Catherine, would you mind praying for those who are just going through some of these challenging times? Father God, I come to you <clears throat> this morning, this uh, Sunday morning. No people are gathered in their living rooms. They're in restaurants. They're all over the place, Lord, and they're concerned. This is a crucial time in our in our world when there is a cause for concern. But Lord, I pray that we won't be consumed with the panic and the fear. But the, your your word says you want to trade. You want to trade with us when we have a. Uh, heaviness. You want to give us praise. And when we have mourning, you want to give us joy and peace. And those, those things can't be bought or worked up. Those are gifts from you, Lord. And I just pray that you would wrap each individual up, Lord, like a big old comforter this morning. Just wrap them up in the peace that passes all understanding. And assurance, that old song, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. And all those songs, it is well with my soul. All those songs, remind them of the lyrics. Let them just start singing it and just let it go to their core and just be there for them, Lord. You are with us. You are with every one of them. And I thank you so much for that. Yeah, Father, I'm praying for, for Norma Jean right now and just her health, Lord, um, just a sinus infection, Lord. God, we just pray right now that your spirit will work through her at where she's at. Um, heal her body, Lord, uh, and continue to show your face. 
uh, to her. Lord, praying for Alicia. Lord, um, just dealing with any financial issues going on. God, I just pray that you just continue to just pour out your love to her. Lord, God, I, I, we don't know the situation. Uh, but, Lord, may you, may you make a way, Lord, that there's no worry or, or doubt that you are our provider, Lord. Thank you, God, just for, for so many just that right now are, are, are asking for prayer. Um, the parents of Amy who are, who are uh, in their 90s, Lord, and um, there's so much fear and anxiety, Lord, not just uh, with coronaviruses, but, but with so many different things, Lord. I pray uh, peace in that family and Amy's family, Lord. Um, praying for Stephen, Lord, that, that, that you would just continue to uh, lift him up, Lord, and, and, and just anoint him and anoint his footsteps, God. Lord, we do thank you that you are with us, that you are good, and we can put our trust in you. And I pray that you would be close to all of those who are struggling. Be with those who are sick in our, in our world that are struggling right now. I can't imagine the fear of those who have been diagnosed with this virus, but I pray that you would bring comfort, that you would bring healing. I pray that you would give our leaders wisdom, that you would give them. Lord, I pray that there could be a cure for this disease. And we pray, oh Lord, for our church family to be strong, to be united. I pray for our small groups, Lord. I pray that you would give them wisdom on how to take care of each other. But Lord, we cry out to you. We need you during this time. We are dependent upon you. God, during the uncertainty of, of how to live our lives on an everyday basis from work. And Lord, we know that you're going to provide. We trust you. You are our good shepherd. You are the source of our peace and our joy. And we trust in you and not be afraid. Thank you for being with us, God. Lead us and guide us. Thank you for being with us, God. Lead us and guide us.